Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Martin Sines. He is the managing partner at Bequest Funds. He is also the author of a book called Note Investing Made Easier, How to Buy and Profit from Distressed Mortgages. Welcome to the Money Answer Show, Martin. Yes, thank you for having me, Jordan. Just give us a brief history of how you came to where you are today. Sure. Um, so, uh, so after uh, leaving corporate America in 2003, um, my wife and I launched a federal contracting company in the D.C. area, and uh, we, we sold goods and services to the federal government for about seven years. And uh, it was very taxing work, and so we decided to sell that company in 2013, and I was looking for the next opportunity. I had, um, I had acquired a, a good portfolio of commercial real estate properties up to that point, and so um, I was at, happened to be at a, a local real estate club and ran into a note investor. And so I, I kind of learned everything I could about mortgage note investing from that point and launched the hedge fund as a result in 2013. So let's just kind of start with the basics. We're going to get into much more detail about how these work. But just for the basics, what is mortgage note investing? Is Why is it something people might want to learn more about and do? Sure. Um, so mortgage note investing takes on a number of different forms depending on the mortgage type and as well as the, um, the, the, uh, the, the value behind the mortgage asset and there's other, other, some other factors. But for the purposes of what, what I do, what our company does, um, we buy distressed and performing mortgages from the secondary market space. So what that means is you have a a loan that was originated in a bank or some other lending institution, 4% of those bank-originated loans go into default at a given time. And as a result, over a period of time, the lender or bank bundles those into tranches and sells them into the secondary mortgage market to a company like ours. What has been the impact of the pandemic on this? You think that a lot of people... Uh, we're getting behind in their mortgages. You had the, uh, 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 they couldn't do foreclosures anymore. Kind of uh, that, that was a, a big change in the market. H- how has the pandemic af- affected distressed mortgage note buying? Yeah, so um, it actually, you know, we, we've had our best years uh, in business in 2020 and 2021. What we found is, yes, there was moratoriums in place in, in various states, and uh, you know we were obviously, um, you know, we adhered to the to the um, local and state and federal rules and regulations. Um, but with that said, we found that a number of people wanted to remain in their home, and they valued their home more so given the pandemic because they were spending more time in their home. So we actually had some of our best workout resolutions with homeowners. Um, during the pandemic time, um, just as a result. Um, but, uh, you know, in some cases, uh, we did, we did uh, encounter some of the homeowners that did have, it, it did have trouble making payments. And, um, you know, we, we allowed for forbearance and other things to occur. So part of what your approach is, is not only to make a good return 
for yourself and investors, but also to help homeowners. How are you helping mm-hmm. homeowners by buying their mortgage and, and collecting on their mortgage when they don't feel they can afford to pay it? Well, actually, um, that's the assumption is they, they, they can't pay it. And um, when we're buying these mortgages, it's typically, you know, three, four, five years past the point where they went into default. And, the, you know, the, the, the point at which they went into default typically dealt with um, some type of uh, divorce or, or health issue or job situation. And uh, given the amount of time that's lapsed, you know, oftentimes we find that people are back on their feet to some extent, so they're able to make do on it. And what happens is with um, mortgages that just go in a perpetual state of, of uh, past-due status is the past-due interest arrears clock ticks every day, and actually their balance increases. So when we get that mortgage, we put a stop to that, and we uh, fully amortize a loan modification to keep them in their home. So what kind of discount are you typically buying these mortgages from the full face value? Oh, it, it depends. Uh, if we're buying it in a distressed state, you know, we could buy it for 30, 40, 50 cents on the dollar. If we're buying a performing mortgage in the secondary mortgage market space, you know, we could be looking at 70 to 90 cents on the dollar. So why would a bank sell you a performing mortgage for 70 or 80 cents on the dollar if it's performing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. So we actually wouldn't buy a performing mortgage directly from a bank. So what, where we would buy that performing mortgage is from a hedge fund that has remodified that loan and reseasoned that loan. So that way it's back performing and, and seasoned. So we'll buy it into our fund at uh, 12, 13% yield and pay out our investors at a 9% yield. I see. So every mortgage you're buying is distressed one way or the other. It may not be directly from the bank. It may have already gone through one purchaser and you're selling it. You're buying it from that seller. Correct. Either we're buying it distressed directly from a bank or we're buying it in a re-performing state where it was formerly distressed into our income fund, which only buys in re-performing mortgages. So do you have trouble sometimes connecting with the mortgage holder, uh, the, the borrower, uh, to negotiate with them? Is they sometimes avoid you? Well, we do, uh, we do a few things. Um, we, we will use a, a licensed servicer that we have our, our notes serviced with, as well as our, we have a legal team. So we use a few different outlets to help bring the, the homeowner back to the table for for discussions to help get them back on track. Um, oftentimes we find, uh, you know, in some cases we find that people are really happy that we connected with them because they, you know, they're back, like I mentioned before, they're back on their feet and they want to make good on their obligation. They just didn't know how because the loan had been, you know, bought and sold a number of times. So, um, at a certain point, you have to foreclose on people. What, what percentage of the notes you buy do you end up actually foreclosing on the homeowner? Yeah, and that's the magic number. Uh, for us, it's about 1%, which is unheard of in our industry. That's on the, that's on the distressed note side. So, um, you know, many, many other, you, you'll hear about 10, 20% uh, foreclosure rates in, in many other hedge funds that, that operate in our industry. 
However, um, we do everything and anything to help keep the homeowner in their home um, because, for one, it's the right thing to do, and for number two, it, it creates a long-term cash flow stream for our company. Hmm. So when there was this foreclosure moratorium, is there like a whole backlog of foreclosures that's going to explode once the moratorium ends? Uh, I don't believe so because, um, you know, a lot of the mortgages that, that were um, government-sponsored mortgages that, uh, that were Fannie and Freddie-sponsored um, mortgages, a lot of those uh, mortgages, the, the past-due interest arrears are packed in on the back of the loan to be paid upon payoff. So um, people aren't going to have to come up with out of pocket with these large reinstatement amounts. As for our mortgages, since we buy them from the secondary mortgage market, they're not securitized, so they're not government-sponsored mortgages. So a lot of times, you know, we were still able to file foreclosure and go through the foreclosure process. But um, with that said, we still, you know, always uh, always sought to modify the loan terms. So mostly these are private mortgages, not Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, Ginnie Mae kind of mortgages. Is that correct? They were originally Fannie and Freddie-backed um, mortgages where, you know, banks originated them with Fannie and Freddie underwriting guidelines, and they were securitized at one point. But once they went into default, they get kicked out of that bucket, and, and they get sold. Once they get sold in the secondary mortgage market, then you know they're, they they'll never really retrieve that status again, as far as I know. Just give a sense of the size of the market, roughly. How many distressed mortgages are out there, and what's the dollar value of them? Just to give people a sense of how big a market this is. Yeah, actually, uh, that's a good question. I actually don't know that figure offhand. Um, I I know that uh, with the junior lien mortgages, which we buy a lot of, there was about thirteen billion. Um, that number I, I understood about a year ago, but I'm not sure what the current what the current amount is uh, forecasted at. So that's the that's the second mortgages you're talking about, but first mortgages might be even much more than that. I would imagine, yes. Yeah. I would imagine. Yeah, given given the loan sizes are, are significantly higher. And is there kind of an active market? If you want to buy distressed mortgages, there's plenty to buy at any time? It's really a niche market, and um, it's bought and sold through relationships that are in place, and that's because a lot of hedge funds are risk-adverse. So, um, you know, the, you won't find a lot of, like, open marketplaces whereby you can buy and sell these mortgages. Because there's risk associated to um, knowing who you're selling to. So the hedge funds, in many cases, are buying these pools from the banks in the first place at a discount. And then they're selling these off in pieces uh, to investors like you? Correct. That's normally how it works. So, So they're buying it at a deeper discount and they're selling it to you at a premium over what they're buying it from. Is that the way it works? That is, yes. Yes. So typically, just explain the situation. So how much would a hedge fund buy a portfolio at as far as a percentage off of face value? And then what would they resell it for? Just a rough idea. Yeah, I, I would imagine if we're buying it, you know, 40, 50 cents on the dollar, they're probably buying it at half that price. And it's because they're buying it in large quantities that they get such a good price. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So um, we're, you know, we buy in, in clips of about one to two million dollars worth uh, purchase price, and um, 
these hedge funds that we buy from probably are buying more towards 50 to $200 million pools. I see. So that makes sense. Very good. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Martin Sines. Uh, he is the managing partner at Bequest Funds, uh, which helps people uh, investing in distressed mortgages. He's got a book out called Note Investing Made Easier, How to Buy and Profit from Distressed Mortgages. You can find out more about him at his website, which is bqfunds.com. And he's also got one about this business, which is called noteinvestingmadeeasier.com. We'll be back after this. Whether you are a crypto pro or a total beginner, you can finally earn Bitcoin the easy way. With the world's first Bitcoin rewards credit card from BlockFi, you can earn unlimited Bitcoin on every qualifying purchase you make. Introducing the BlockFi Rewards Visa Signature Card. It's the easiest way to get Bitcoin by just making everyday purchases. Grow your Bitcoin portfolio when you buy your groceries, pay your bills, fill up at the gas station, and have a meal at a restaurant. You can earn 1.5% back in Bitcoin on all qualifying purchases with no reward limits. Plus, there's no annual fee and no foreign transaction fees. Just Bitcoin earned on every single qualifying purchase. Now's the time to start or ramp up your Bitcoin portfolio. Bitcoin saw a 230% annualized return in 2020 and has been strong for most of this year as well. In fact, Bitcoin has been the best performing asset the last decade, outperforming the NASDAQ uh, 100 by 10 times. BlockFi is a leader in crypto and was named to Forbes FinTech 50 list in 2021. Plus, BlockFi is the easiest place to buy sell and earn crypto. There's no better time to sign up and start earning Bitcoin today. Right now, listeners to the Money Answer Show can earn a bonus of $25 in crypto after you make your first purchase with a credit card when you sign up at BlockFi.com money. That's a $25 bonus in crypto deposited right into your account after you make your first purchase. But you have to use my URL, which is BlockFi.com money. Start earning Bitcoin back on all your purchases today. Go to blockfly.com slash money. Not all will be eligible. Geographic, regulatory, and underwriting restrictions apply. Fees and terms are subject to change. Additional terms of service at blockfly.com. Blockfly is a financial technology company. Banking services are provided by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. Nobody likes the guy who says, I told you so. The guy in 1991 who said to you, invest in the internet, it's going to be huge. Or the guy in 1997 who said, come on, this is going to be big. They call it social media. And the guy in 2009 who said, I'm telling you, man, crypto is real. Now, I'm not going to be that guy who says, I told you so. But I am telling you that there is a 21-year-old international company where you can become a global project partner earning a passive income doing exactly what you're doing at this moment. No selling, no recruiting clients, no administering a business after hours. Visit www.mypassiveincome.life now. That's mypassiveincome.life. Don't let history repeat itself on this one. Earn a passive income. Now listen again. That's mypassiveincome.life. 
Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Martin Sines. He's the managing partner at Bequest Funds. He's also put out a book called Note Investing Made Easier, How to Buy and Profit from Distressed Mortgages. You can find out more at his website, bqfunds.com, or also noteinvestingmadeeasier.com. Welcome back to the show, Martin. Yes, thank you for having me back, Jordan. So, so let's talk about the bequest funds a little bit. So tell us what kind of fund is it, it is, who can invest mm-hmm. in it, and uh, what the minimum to invest in it is. Sure, sure. So bequest funds is, just by virtue of its name, it's a legacy fund. So it operates as an income fund with no expiration. So it's what we call an evergreen fund. And it's set up for accredited investors as it's a registered 506C Reg D fund. And it, um, yeah, so that it pays its investors a 9% annual PREF. And 50000 is the minimum to come in. So it's paying 9% by PREF, you mean it pays 9% before the management gets any of its fees. Is that what you're saying? That's correct, yes. So 9% annual preferred return, and payments are made to the investors on a monthly basis. And so what kind of fees are involved? I'm assuming you're earning well more than 9%, but what what is the total return you're getting and that you're giving investors 9%? Yeah, so... The mortgages that we buy into the fund are all owner-occupied residential mortgages that at one point were in default, with a, most likely with a prior hedge fund. So, um, so if you take the example of, of a mortgage loan with an interest rate of 6%, so the coupon rate's at 6%, and um, a hedge fund buys that, that mortgage at uh, 20 cents on the dollar, they get it to, to modify and uh, whereas they create a loan modification with the homeowner to keep them in their home, and they season that that mortgage again, which means they collect twenty, you know, twelve months, twenty four months of payment, then we will buy that into Bequest funds at a twelve thirteen percent yield, even though the coupon rate is six percent. So we may pay seventy eighty cents on the dollar to buy that mortgage into our fund. But it allows us to comfortably make out our make our annual press payment to our investors at nine percent. And then the, you you collect the difference between the nine percent and the say thirteen percent. That's your management fee for doing this. Correct. Now, in addition to the fund, do you help people buy notes themselves? I mean, you have a book about how to do it, but do you also have like a marketplace where you help people buy and sell mortgage notes? 
Yes, yeah, so um, I, I've written actually uh, three books specifically in the mortgage note uh, space on how to uh, set up a note business for oneself. Um, I have done some mentorship over the course of years. Um, I haven't done it in the last uh, couple of years um, as I've been really kind of focused on, on uh, growing my own portfolio. Um, however, I have you know, helped some, some people get up and running in the space. What is the size of your portfolio at this point in the Bequest funds? Yeah, so um, Bequest is uh, at $10 million, assets under management, and our hedge fund is um, at $35 million AUM. I see. Okay, so how is the hedge fund different from the Bequest funds? The hedge fund is uh, buys in mortgages that are distressed and, and uh create loan modifications with the homeowners. So it's a blended pool of performing and non-performing assets, whereas Bequest Funds only buys in performing um, seasoned mortgages from other hedge funds for the most part. So the hedge fund in a certain way is taking more risk, but probably is getting a higher return as a result. Is that right? Yes, and the hedge fund is privately owned with my partner and myself, so that's not actually something that's open to investors. Um, like Bequest Funds is. Okay. All right, so now let's talk about if people want to start doing this themselves, what is the first thing people need to do to get ready to start buying mortgage notes? They have a, have a certain amount of money, education, uh, attitude. What makes for a successful mortgage note investor? Um, I would start with self-reflection. <laughs> so so uh, to be honest, um, you know, understanding what, one's identity is going to be in the space. So um, what that means is, you know, what are the resources you have at hand? Um, you know, what's your vision for, for your note business as well as, um, you know, as well as uh, what are your buying parameters and some other factors. So really understanding how your business is going to be perceived and operated in the space. And uh, that would be a good starting point. And then I would move into, uh, marketing and branding that, that reflects what your identity is. But everything should start with education and uh, self-reflection and, and putting together a solid plan. Um, people that I meet all the time, I, I let them know the last thing they should be doing up front is thinking about buying a note. And why is that? Because, they, they, because it's a distraction, and they don't really know what it is they're buying because they don't have their system set up to perform adequate due diligence and, and, um, you know, they could be buying a note that, uh, that's not in alignment with, with their values. I'll give you an example. Um, when I first got into the industry, you know, I learned, I learned pretty, pretty quickly that there's two ways that you can exit a note, a distress note. That is you can exit through the property through foreclosure, you know, where you're, you're, you're taking back the property and uh, whether you're getting uh, a deed in lieu or you're, you know, but at some point, some family has to leave that home. And the other way to exit through a note is to uh, create a loan modification or some other type of activity that keeps the homeowner in their home. And so I, I opted to spend, you know, all my due diligence efforts and sourcing efforts to source those notes. So you, you talked about the image of people. People's is the, the people's image of those who are buying distressed mortgage notes. They're kind of like 
vampires. They're trying to suck the blood out of people who are desperate. Is that kind of is it an image problem in that business? It is. It is, and um, you know, I, I address that a lot in the books I've written. the The way the way I see it is that is that um, you know the way our our business operates, and I can really only speak for for our business. We have made numerous concessions on you know countless notes, such as lowering the interest rates, um, you know, waiving past due interest arrears. Uh, reducing principal balance, extending out loan term, loan terms, loan term durations, and we've done a whole host of things. Whereas, um, you know, our objective is a win-win model. So if if in our asset management team knows this, and that if we're not creating loan modifications that truly help the homeowner stay in their home, then it's not going to be sustainable, and they're and they're going to fall out as a as a result. So it's it's to our benefit to to be uh, to be helpful. Are you going to typically give more concessions than the hedge fund that bought in the first place would give? Well, you have a few different types of hedge funds. You have um, hedge funds that just flip paper, so they you know they're, they're strictly volume players. So they might buy at a hundred million and flip at two hundred million, and uh, and then you have. Uh, boutique operations like like our operation that that holds on to the the paper for the full duration. You know, our objective is to help the homeowner stay in their home, create the loan modification, and collect every single monthly payment for that twenty or thirty year loan term. So those are diff- two different kinds of hedge funds, then. Yeah, there's probably more types, but yeah, that, that in general. There, there are two types that way. But that, that second one, they are working with the homeowner to try to modify the mortgage so that they'll stay in their home. Would, would they tend to give fewer concessions than you would when you buy those kind of mortgages? Uh, fewer concessions? In, in what regard? Me, meaning you're trying to keep the homeowner in the home, but mm-hmm. are the hedge funds tougher on people and more willing, for example, to foreclose and not give as many concessions because they've got investors, so, they've got to answer to. Yeah, so so there there are hedge funds, there are hedge funds where where their mission is to obtain the property and um, you know maybe maybe uh, uh, sell that property as a turnkey rental or with seller financing or do some other type of exit play. Um, there are those those hedge funds that just you know focus on the property, but when we when we um, source deal flow for our company. All the sellers that we that we have relationships with, they know full well the type of mortgage that we're looking for, and we do focus heavily on on the homeowner and their ability to pay through the due diligence process because that helps keep our foreclosure percentage at one percent because we're we're trying to find out as much as possible upfront before we purchase the mortgage if we truly have a shot at, at uh, creating a loan modification. Very good. We're going to take another break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Martin Sines. He's the managing partner at Bequest Funds. He's a professional note investor. Um, you can find out more about his fund at bqfunds.com. Also, he's done a book on this called Note Investing Made Easier, How to Buy and Profit from Distressed Mortgages. There's a website for that, noteinvestingmadeeasier.com. We'll be back. After this. 
Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Do you or someone you love have a life insurance policy that's no longer needed or not affordable? Did you know that you can sell your policy for cash? Your reason for buying life insurance has probably changed. Thousands of Americans turn to life insurance settlements to help sell their policies. They act as your representative, getting the highest market offer for you. You've got nothing to lose by simply inquiring. If you're over 64 with $100,000 or more of life insurance, you may already qualify. Call 877-485-6681 to get your free non-binding appraisal or visit FundingLife.com. Life Insurance Settlements. Discover the true value of your life insurance. 877-485-6681. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Martin Sines. He's the managing partner at Bequest Funds, which helps people buy into uh, discounted mortgage notes. Uh, He has a book out called Note Investing Made Easier how to profit and buy distressed from distressed mortgages. There's a website for that, noteinvestingmadeeasier.com, and for his funds, it's bqfunds.com. Welcome back to the show, Martin. Yes, thanks for having me back. So at the beginning, let's start right at the beginning. What is the difference between a mortgage and a mortgage note? Sure, sure. So, so um, the promissory note is the, the promise to pay back a certain set of, um, to pay back money with a certain set of terms between the lender and the borrower that's borrowing the money. And the mortgage or the deed of trust is the security instrument that ties that promise to the property in the form of collateral. So, um, so you have the you know promissory note. You go there, you borrow a hundred thousand. The promissory note is going to say you borrowed a hundred thousand, and you owe it back to the bank given these set of terms. And the mortgage or deed of trust is going to tie that promise to the property. In the case of default, then then they can take back the property. Now you're buying both first mortgages and second mortgage notes. What's the difference between those when you're buying them as an investment? Is there more risk to the second mortgages? So, so we view more risk with the with the senior loans, with the senior mortgages, and that um, the the senior mortgages typically are tied to lower fair market values, as 
as banks and other lending institutions are less likely to part with higher fair market value senior lien mortgages that go into the default. They typically work them out in-house. So um, in the secondary mortgage market, you'll see a lot of senior mortgages with a fair market value range of 50000 to, say, 140000 versus on the junior lien side, the average fair market value is going to be more towards three to four hundred thousand. So we view that we view given the the property itself is a better property, and as well as um, you know we view the uh, the homeowner. There's more likelihood the homeowner will be in a better position to pay on the junior lien side as a result. But there is more risk. You have a first in front of you when you're buying a second mortgage. Is that right? Yes, in terms of the pecking order, um, certainly. And and therefore, you get a higher interest rate and can buy it at a bigger discount because there's more risk to it? Um, you're going to pay, well, in terms of pricing on the senior side, you're going to pay, um, you can pay anywhere from, from $0.80 cents up to, to $0.95 cents to par for that, for that asset. So you're going to get better pricing for the junior lien mortgages. But you're going to have the security of being in the first position. Again, so you're getting 80% or so for the first. What what would you get for the second, roughly? Oh, for the second, uh, you'll get anywhere from 20 to $0.50 cents on the dollar to purchase purchase the same, um, to purchase the asset for the mortgage now, loan. As far as where you go to buy mortgage notes, do you go to the REO department of a bank, or what? Is there an online source? How, how do you find the mortgage notes and what you want to buy? So it, it's uh, the mortgage loan industry is considered a shadow industry um, because much of the much of the buying and selling occurs with relationships between hedge funds. So um, we just go to long established relationships with hedge funds to buy most of our product. I see. So you're not going to the workout departments of banks? Correct. So when the economy gets better, as it has lately, does that mean there are fewer mortgage notes to buy, less distress when the economy is doing better? Yes, um, that's a great question. I mean, in, uh, in August, the delinquency rate in the U.S. housing market was at 2.5%. Two, 2. So um, it's, been, it's been declining um, you know, on a consistent basis, uh, you know, since since coming out of COVID, if if we are coming out of COVID, you know, that's a whole other topic. But um, but yeah. So what that means for the industry is there's there's less product to buy for several reasons. Um, for one, more of the distressed products being refinanced out. So in other words, if it's a if it's a senior or or a loan that's in distress, um, you know, there's enough equity now in that house where they can go to the bank and get it refinanced out. Or if it's a junior lien, then they can consolidate the first and second mortgages, get it refinanced out. So that's one thing, as well as um, the workouts are more fruitful. So hedge funds are less likely to um, to uh, roll product downstream as a result. So com compare so the current situation, c comparing the current situation to the financial crunch, mm -hmm. say in 2008, 2009, when the foreclosure rate soared and lots of people were losing their homes. Is, is that the best time for you when there's complete terrible distress and 
people losing their homes. There's lots more for you to buy. You like that situation better? Well, unfortunately, unfortunately, um, there's more product and pricing decreases when when we have distress in the marketplace. Um, we I don't I don't foresee another 08 crisis given given a lot of those loan programs that were faulty have um, been stopped by the banks post 08. Um, but you know, I definitely see a softening and a correction coming up, uh, which which should help with some deal flow. But we've been actively trading every quarter on both performing and non-performing mortgages. So it really depends on how you're positioned in terms of how, how you see deal flow coming your way. But I'm saying from an investor's point of view, the best of times is when there's a lot of distress and there's a lot of mortgages behind and people losing their homes and all the things was happening in 2008, 2009. From an investor's point of view, that's the mm-hmm. most ideal scenario. Is that correct? Yes. Um, and so now, when the economy is better, you can still do it, but there's slimmer pickings than, than back in those days. Yes. Okay. And then, so you said that there have been these programs that have come in. Um, so in the future, is there a, a smaller pipeline of uh, distressed mortgages because the irresponsible ones are not being issued in the first place? Well, um, you know, if we have another market correction in the in the real estate market, you know, there'll, there'll be some more distressed product being sold as a result. Um, you know, we're we're not leaving all our eggs in one basket, so we are, you know, we have been buying in some other distressed asset classes as of the past year or so. Um, so just kind of to to offset the um, the slowdown in in the mortgage loan deal flow. Uh, we, we we launched Bequest last year um, in February of last year at buying the only performing mortgages, and, and there seems to be a real healthy, st- steady deal flow. So that's another asset class, too. So we're just evolving as a company. What, what else are you buying in distressed assets beyond uh, these kind of mortgages? Uh, business loans mm-hmm. is, is a big, um, yeah. Is, is a big uh, area that we're that we're involved in. So you may have some seller uh, business loan takebacks um, due to a business sale, and uh, like a commercial business sale, and oftentimes there's real estate tied to that. Okay. Now you were saying in your book that uh, you make your money really when you buy, not when you sell these mortgages. What do you mean by that? Yeah. So. Um, you know, we, we formulate a cash-on-cash cash projection before we buy each asset. So given given the due diligence that we put the notes under, um, you know, we look at property valuations, we look at credit reporting, we do back uh, bankruptcy checks, we do skip tracing, um, you know, credit. We do, we do um, O&E, owners and encumbrance reports, which is title searches, and, uh, you know, where we're doing lien validity searches. And so once we, once we gather all this data and process it, then, then we're able to uh, project what we're able to, you know, do in terms of loan modification for the homeowner, and we're able to project what our cash-on-cash return is for, for each asset. So you say there, there are three rounds of due diligence you do. Just briefly describe what happens in each of the rounds of due diligence before you buy a distressed mortgage. Yes. Yeah, so the first round focuses on the property, and and so we're looking at uh, you know property valuation. 
we're looking at um, we're looking at the lean validity, lean placements, uh, ownership, um, occupied status. Is it owner occupied? Is it tenant occupied? Is it vacant? So we're looking at the property, and with the second round, the focus more is on is on the homeowner and our ability to help them. So that's credit report analysis, uh, bankruptcy searches, um, skip tracing, and things like that. And then the third round focuses on on the um, on the projected return from the purchase of the asset. So when you buy it in the first place, do you have something in mind as to what your exit strategy is going to be? Absolutely, yes. Yes. So explain, and, and, explain uh, how that works. What, what are the different exit and, and, strategies you would you would employ? Yeah. So I'll give you. I'll give. Well, you have uh, for us. We focus mainly on on pools of mortgages where there's a large concentration of the notes, whereby we we believe we can we can create loan modifications or get reinstatements or payoffs. That's our main focus. So if we look at a pool, and let's say that that half of the property half of the properties are vacant, and let's say the other half of the properties are blighted properties, so lower fair market value properties, then the likelihood of us you know, creating any kind of uh, um, resolution, keeping someone in their home is very low. So we'll pass on that opportunity. So, um, yeah, that, that's how we kind of look at, at various pools in terms of our ability to modify those loans. So is that a strategy that people could have, is trying to buy those more blighted properties because they get it at an even cheaper price and have bigger upside returns? Yeah, there's, there's people that just focus on vacant properties. Because, because with vacant properties, it's very easy to, to uh, secure a deed in lieu whereby the homeowner signs over the property in exchange for debt forgiveness. And the note, the note buyer will then go ahead and, uh, uh, you know, um, refresh the property or, or renovate the property and sell it as a turnkey rental or sell it with seller financing. That's a very popular business model. Very good. All right, we're learning a lot about mortgage note investing. My guest this hour is Martin Sines. Uh, he is the managing partner at Bequest Funds, which buys uh, professional mortgage notes uh, on behalf of investors and pays a 9% annual return um, with a $50,000 minimum for accredited investors only. Uh, you can find out more at their website, bqfunds.com. He's also the author of the book, Note Investing Made Easier, how to Buy and Profit from Distressed Mortgages. The website for that book is noteinvestingmadeeasier.com. We'll be back after this. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you a homeowner tired of making monthly mortgage payments with little progress towards paying down your principal? Does paying off your home in five to seven years without making larger or more frequent payments sound appealing? Paying off your home in full in five to seven years is really possible thanks to Truth in Equity's Mortgage Equity Optimization System, a money management approach that puts your money to work for you 24-7. If you own a home with some equity, have a decent credit score and verifiable income, you owe it to yourself to learn more about Truth in Equity's program. 
There's no need to replace your mortgage or refinance in many cases. The system works for new home purchases as well as current mortgages. Your home is your largest investment. Own it outright in five to seven years. Call Truth and Equity, 888-262-5540 or visit truthandequity.com, 888-262-5540. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Martin Sines, managing partner at Bequest Funds, which helps people buy into the um, distressed mortgage note market. He's got a book out called Note Investing Made Easier, how to Buy and Profit from Distressed Mortgages. Website for that is noteinvestingmadeeasier.com. And for the funds, request funds, it's bqfunds.com. Welcome back to the show, Martin. Yes, thanks for having me back, Jordan. So you have a, a chapter called How to Turn a Non-Performing Note into a Performing Note. Briefly, how do you do that? Sure. So um, so once we, once we board a new mortgage note loan that's been in distress, um, you know, we're going to skip trace and, uh, you know, learn about, um, you know, various phone numbers that the homeowner has and ways to contact that individual. And and so we always have our licensed servicing um, partner sending out monthly statements um, to the homeowner's address so, so they're, they're understanding where their loan is at any given time. But then we're also going to piggyback efforts uh, with doing some phone call outreach to the homeowner and uh, letting them know that we're here available to help. And what, what's really, what's really uh, kind of the secret sauce for our, our business model is that we treat all our homeowners like gold. So, uh, you know, we, we view them as customers. We view them as, uh, you know, customers that are paying our bills. And so uh, accordingly, you know, we treat them with compassion. We're very genuine with them, very transparent. And we do everything to to uh, be of service to them, let them know that we're here to help. We're not here to go and, and uh, criticize them or judge them in any way for, you know, what happened, you know, years past. And um, what's, what's neat is when we, when we do engage with them and we do build that relationship, we always provide them with three options to help them get back on track so that they feel uh, there, there's a sense of empowerment with, um, on their side to, you know, it, as we're paving the way back. So what if they just don't respond? You you call, you send them letters, they just do not respond. What what happens next? Yeah, so so we will um we will send out some legal notices. Uh we have we have a legal team that that um works on our behalf and and so um you know if, if we have to uh last resort, we will start the foreclosure process and what we find um Nine out of the ten times with the foreclosure process, uh, at some point during that process, the homeowner does re- does engage with us and pick up the pick up the conversation. So um, you know we will we will go down that road if we have to, but it is foreclosure is the last resort for our company. So do you have a set agreement that they you're negotiating with the borrower as to what the terms are going to be? So um, we we determine that. So what we like to do is uh, we like to understand where they are now financially, 
and, and what they can afford so that we can craft loan modification options that work for them within their budget. And we do that to the best of our ability. It's not always a perfect match that way, but oftentimes we do hit a match. And uh, we feel like the homeowner appreciates that that level of back and forth and, and that we're conscious of, you know, where they are financially. And uh, from that point, we draft a loan modification agreement that the homeowner signs and uh, we ratify accordingly afterwards. And then what happens if they don't make the payments after they've done a loan modification, they've agreed to it, but they still don't make the payments on time, then what happens? Yeah, so we have, um, we have uh, an asset manager that's just, committed to that position whereby, um, you know, they're keeping communication going with the homeowner and, uh, you know, finding out what's going on when, when they become behind on their payments and uh, kind of working with them to help them, you know, keep on track. But at, in the end, if they're not making their payments, then we just go through the whole process again with, uh, with the legal notices. Once you've done a loan modification, uh, is there a a way to value the mortgage after that? I mean, you've added value to it by renegotiating where before maybe they weren't paying. What kind of value does that add to a mortgage? Yeah, so, um, you know, good question. It, it really depends on the coupon rate. So, so obviously, um, you know, we're, we, the resale target for us is to create an asset that can sell at a 12 to 13% yield price. So um, the more that the the higher the coupon rate is on that mortgage modification, uh, the the more of uh, you know the higher the price tag that we're going to get for that asset. Yeah. So what would you say is the minimum people would need to get started if they want to start buying notes themselves? What's the minimum dollar amount they need to get started? Gosh, at the time I wrote that book, um, I said fifty thousand dollars and. And I, I'd say, uh, I'd probably say it's about the same. If, um, you, you know, it's interesting uh, because when, you, when, when people think about it in terms of how much do they need to, to start the business, uh, oftentimes they're referring to how, how much do they need to buy their first couple of notes. And um, really, I think of starting the business in terms of, in terms of um, finding your identity, getting your marketing set up, um, getting your due diligence uh, systems in place with being able to pull credit, being able to pull O&E reports and, you know, various other analysis tools, um, you know, having a business plan, spending money on education and going to conferences, and uh, maybe being do- doing bird dogging where you're, where you're kind of sourcing deal flow for other hedge funds to start. Um, or, or if you have a $100,000 nest egg, you can look to buy a few notes, but only after your whole business is set up for yourself. What would you say would be some of the misconceptions about uh, note distressed note uh, investing? I would say that uh, I, I would say that it's um, that it's a set it and forget it model. So if you if you can just buy this this mortgage note and get it to perform, then you'll get a 20 year payment stream and, and it's, it's easy peasy that way. But what, um, a lot of, a lot of people don't understand first coming in is that, is that 
notes aren't the same, and if you and your due diligence will give you your probability of whether you're going to get a loan modification or you're going to take back the property. And if you're not doing adequate due diligence, and your mission is to to create a cash flow stream via a loan modification, but all the due diligence points to you're going to get that property back, then you're not buying correctly. Your your buying is not in alignment with your values or your vision. You're saying you really have to build a system to optimize success. What is involved in that system? Yeah, so so the, you need a system for sourcing. That's for one. So you need, um, uh, you know, and I wrote about this in, in a later book, Note Investing Fundamentals, um, you know, creating an outreach matrix uh, whereby you're creating daily goals for yourself on a number of outreach calls that you're making to, to sellers in the space and then, and then holding yourself accountable by, by documenting the actuals, uh, you know, having a, a CRM system that you're actively using. So, so you have to systematize the sourcing process because if you build the whole machine and, and you're not sourcing, then nothing's going to be plugged into the machine. And, and so that's very important. Due diligence. You need to be able to, um, and I wrote about this a lot in that book, you, you know, reformatting the Excel spreadsheet when you first get it from the seller, uh, you know, looking at property valuations, uh, looking at credit report analysis, and, and the, some of those other other um, analysis tools, uh, O&E reports, uh, data tree, um, as well as uh, Realty Track, uh, Pacer for, skip, for, for bankruptcy searches. TLO for skip tracing, and then you're and then you're assessing all that data to make a um, calculated guess on on the projected return and outcome for that note. And in then the, asset the roughly, management. Two, it's, what's that? Yeah. In the roughly two minutes we have left, why don't you kind of sum up why people should be interested in mortgage note investing in this kind of market? Yeah, because well, it's just a social good if done if done correctly. So, um, you know, we've helped thousands of homeowners stay in their homes with, with payments they can afford and while making a profit for our company. And we feel very good about that. And uh, so, so from that aspect, I would say that, um, uh, you know, if you have a business, if you have a business that's in place and you put the work into it, you will find mortgage notes to buy regardless of whether it's an up market or down market. And you can build a business for yourself whereby you're going to experience 20, 30-year streams of income for yourself. And so that, that's a positive. Um, but, but in the end, it's, I would just start with education. Read the books out there and, and go to some conferences and, and just see if it's right for you. And if you don't want to learn all this yourself, you can always do it through the funds where your expertise is done for people, right? Yeah, absolutely. Bequest funds, and uh, we'll be happy to help. And and um, but you know, my heart always yearns for the yearns for the entrepreneur. So so if you're entrepreneurial, you know, set something up for yourself, and and you want to make a change for yourself and with your current situation and build some additional streams of income, um, you know, go for it. There there is a business here for you. Very good. Well, thanks so much. My guest this hour has been Martin Sines. He's the managing partner of Bequest Funds. You can find out more at his website, bqfunds.com. Also, his book is called Note Investing Made Easier, How to Buy and Profit from Distressed Mortgages. The website for that, noteinvestingmadeeasier.com. We've learned a lot about mortgage investing in notes. Uh, thanks so much, Martin. 
Thank you, Jordan. And we'll be back next week with another edition of The Money Answer Show. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and The Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.